Did you ever have a time growing up that you got blamed for something you didn't do? I'm sure you have. That was the question we asked our men's group this past week. And I was thinking about, for me, I was thinking about this time when I was at my best friend's house. I was probably a freshman in high school. I wasn't a crazy guy, but I certainly wasn't perfect. My best friend and I, we were hanging out at his house. His parents went out for dinner or something. And I think we were watching like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or something. And literally, literally we were drinking um, Cragmont root beer. And we were just sitting there having a great time watching the movie, hanging out. <clears throat> then his parents got home and, and, and his dad walked in and looked around and looked at us and then looked at me. And suddenly I realized, oh, something's wrong. And he wasn't very happy. <laughs> And so he said to his son, hey, what's going on here? You know, and we're both like, we have no idea what's going on. In fact, he looked over at me and he said, Aaron, I'm really disappointed in you. I had no idea what he was. Did, is it not okay to drink root beer here? Is it, it was the movie okay? I mean, it, it made no sense at all. To this day, we have no idea what he was talking about in that moment. But as we share these different stories, some of these stories uh, of when we were blamed for something were really hilarious. And some were pretty painful. Some were pretty awkward. And I couldn't help but think about, you know, we all hate unfairness, don't we? We've all experienced a certain level of unfairness. But it has no way compared to the kind of unfairness that has been going on, especially in light of what's been happening in our nation over the last couple of weeks with George Floyd, with Breonna Taylor, with Ahmaud Arbery. I mean, this kind of unfairness at the loss of their lives is just unacceptable. And so today, as we tackle this very serious topic, I wanna invite you wherever you're at in your journey with God to know this, that what we're going to talk about today is not a political issue. It's a biblical issue. We want to talk about people. People deeply matter to God. If you're new to Mission Life Church, I want to officially welcome you. We love the fact that you've come here this morning to worship with us. Uh, again, we love the fact that you're joining us because let's be honest, you could go anywhere, but you're spending some time with us. And today I'm really excited as we go into a kind of a hardcore subject we're talking about injustice today. In fact, the title of today's message is Justice Matters. We're starting off a new series called This Is Our Community. And we wanna look at why justice matters and what do we do in light of the injustice that we see in our world. Now, I know right now, for any of you who are listening or watching, we're coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. We're, we're coming from different experiences. Some of us, we're, we're kind of like isolated from some of the things that are going on. We've actually turned off the news, turned off social media. We, we're like done. Some of us uh, were fully engaged. We've just been protesting. And some of us are, are really angry. And some of us are in pain. I just want to assure you, wherever you're at on your journey, we're so grateful that you're here. And I believe that God has something to say to each and every one of us as we dive into this whole thing today. So I wanna start off with a word of prayer and then we're gonna get going. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the power, 
of your Holy Spirit that is right now at work. We ask that you would meet us where we're at in our journey with you. God, we, we know that this kind of a topic um, elicits all kind of emotions. Uh, some are extremely painful, um, but God, we ask that you would meet us there and that you would help us take another step to hear clearly from you, from your word, and that we could grow in light of that together. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to let you know, uh, I'll be very honest with you. I do not feel like I am the best, most equipped person to talk about this particular subject. Uh, as a pastor, as somebody who represents uh, the dominant culture in our world, in our nation at least, uh, this is a sensitive issue for a lot of people. But what I do want to do is this. I want to go on the journey with you. I just want to start with where I'm at and go on the journey with you. I want to hear what God has to say about these kind of issues and start to learn and start to grow and start to listen. And the reality is racial injustice and inequality is one of those issues in our world right now. And God hates inequality. He hates it. He is a God of justice. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what that looks like today. Mission Life Church. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Well, how are we going to change the world? We believe if the first two happen, that third one will happen as well. And so we're on the journey together. So with that in mind, what are, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think everyone would agree justice matters. Whether you follow Jesus or not, justice matters to people. And if justice matters to people, why is the world then still so unjust? Well, today we're going to look at the source of where justice actually comes from. And when we understand where justice actually comes from, we're going to be, better be able to understand how to take our next step in joining God in bringing justice in his world. So Jesus made this really clear that this is a priority. In Matthew 27, I'm sorry, Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, he says this, Jesus was replying to a question and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so if we're going to be the kind of people that actually love God, we actually have to understand what does it mean to love my neighbor? What does it mean to care about their needs and, and help remove inequalities and injustices in our midst. What does that actually look like? So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to the prophet Micah. Now, some of you are thinking, what is that? I've never even heard of that. That's okay. We actually have a digital outline that you can follow along in the chat. Just go ahead and click on that link and you'll be able to follow along there. Or grab your Bible and turn to the Old Testament. We're going to look at Micah. Now, I know right now some of you were diving into this subject and we're wondering, okay, is, is Aaron kind of going to push me to kind of do things that I'm not comfortable doing? Uh, is Aaron going to go ahead and address all the issues that I want to make sure he addresses? And the reality is probably not. So wherever you're at in the spiritual journey, whatever, wherever you're at in the conversation, my hope is that God is just going to help us all take our next step, whatever that looks like. And so who is Micah and why are we listening to Micah? Well, Micah was a prophet in Israel, and prophets tended to be very unpopular because they used angry words and crazy tactics to communicate God's truth. 
and they didn't use violence to get attention. They, they, they were like righteous, righteous protesters saying, look, this is not how the world is actually supposed to be. And Micah knew all about injustice. He grew up in a very small village. And at this particular time in the nation of Israel, he and his fellow Israelites were being exposed to all kinds of injustices, specifically from the religious and the political leadership of his particular day. These leaders who were given all these incredible responsibilities from God were not upholding the rights of the underprivileged. They were enriching themselves at the expenses of the poor and the defenseless. And so here's the first point I want us to get at today. It's this. If justice actually matters to us, we need to hear the message of truth as uncomfortable as it is. If justice matters to us, we need to hear the message of truth as uncomfortable as it may be. Now, if you're anything like me, I've grown up as one of the dominant representations in our culture. And I just want to be very clear. God designed us how we are. Whatever color we are, whatever background we have, that's what we grew up in. We, we don't need to apologize for that. But with the dominant culture also comes the ability to lean into this conversation or not. And one of the things that's really dangerous for those that are in the dominant culture is that we can be complacent with the comfort that we have of our situation and distance ourselves from the things that are going on around us. And so Micah 2.11 says this. He kind of addresses this whole thing to his countrymen. It says this, if a liar and a deceiver comes and says, I will prophesy for you plenty of wine and beer, that would be just the prophet for this people. Micah was basically saying this, hey, you guys want me to keep things comfortable. I know some of you are thinking, I, I can't believe he mentioned beer and wine in a sermon. Absolutely. What does beer do? And some of us are thinking, is this a trick question? Is he trying to, hey, the reality is it brings comfort, right? It brings comfort. And Mike is saying this, what this community of people were wanting was just the status quo. Just stay away. You don't need to talk so much about what's really going on around here. And so the prophets weren't very popular, but they were speaking truth that needed to be heard. And where did that anger come from? A lot of these prophets that you read them, they, they came from seeing the world as it was supposed to be. And whether you believe in God, Jesus, faith, in, in all that or not, you sense injustice, no question. And there's a reason for that. Justice is actually an attribute of God that he created in us. So for example, Micah knew God created everyone in his image. And as a result, every single person was made equal and valuable. Every single person. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and following says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, the wild animals, over all the creatures that are moving along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. And God saw that all he had made, this is verse 31, and it was very good. It was very good. God created diversity. God created you and me in his image. And as a result of that, every single person is inherently valuable. Now, there's a lot of discussion. What does it mean to be made in God's image? Well, it means to be in his likeness. We're not gods ourselves, but we're like God. And so at the very least, 
We have intellect. We have a sense of morality. And there's a whole host of other attributes that scholars debate upon what exactly it looks like to be made in God's image. But what's very clear from the biblical narrative is this, is that we are not just higher animals. We're human beings made to reflect the one true God. And, the God, and God says, this brings him glory. And so here's the problem. You know, we ask the question, if justice matters, why do we still live in an unjust world? Because part of the problem is sin entered the world and started to distort and taint the image bearers that we are. And so our image bearing capacity to reflect the dignity and the respect and the worth that God has given us is still there, but it's distorted. It's tainted, it's marred. And so when you read through the rest of the Old Testament narrative before Micah, you realize God is on this rescue plan. He's on this rescue operation to fix his broken image bearers that are supposed to live in proper relationship with God, one another, and creation. It's called shalom. And any time that shalom is being broken apart, that's where we feel a lack of peace. That's where injustice is revealed. So if somebody is in poverty, to help them out of poverty is to bring back shalom. Uh, if there's something broken or something missing and to put that back together, it's bringing them back to shalom. This is God's intention for humanity. This was lost in the fall, according to the biblical narrative. And listen to the paraphrase of one of the great students of the prophets of 20th century. His name was Abraham Heschel. He said this, the shallowness of our moral comprehension, the incapacity to sense the depth of misery caused by our own failures is a simple fact of fallen humanity, which no explanation can justify or hide. In other words, because of sin distorting our image bearing, injustice reigns pervasive all over our broken and fallen world. And yet God is at work. God has a plan. And Micah is communicating to the very people that God had intended to bless to actually help them live out his good laws in a relationship with God. And as they treated one another with respect and kindness, as they treated with one another and, and, and said, okay, when we make a mistake, we can offer sacrifices. We can do things to make things right. As they lived in light of an imperfect world, they were kind of like supposed to be this family that reflected beautiful shalom with one another. And so justice is God's desire for creation. That is his purpose. That is his desire for each and every one of us. And so what Micah is saying to them and he's saying to us is this, is what does God require of you in light of the injustice that is going on all around us? Is it to be isolated? Is it to just sit back and, and find ways to appease God through 
um, you know, prayer or song or something like that, notice what Micah says in chapter six, verse seven. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, that's sacrifices, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Okay, that's a lot of olive oil. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Is that what God is wanting in light of all this, to appease him with some sort of sacrifices of prayer or other things? No. Micah says, God requires three things from you. If justice matters to you, there's three things that God wants you to do. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So the first thing we realize what God wants for us to do is to do justice, to make things right. When there is an inequality, when there is an unfairness, to speak out against it, to do something about it, to take action. And we talked about this at the beginning. When we experience unfairness, we get fired up, don't we? I mean, if we were to sit down together and start talking about those times that happened to us, we would get so angry. And do not get me started about how many NFL games should have gone in the Dallas Cowboys' favor if the call was made correctly, okay? Talk about injustice. Don't get me started. And there's so many that come to your mind as well. But on a serious note, think about this. What is Micah saying? He's saying those moments where you get fired up and you get angry about the unfairness and the injustice, when you think about some person that has experienced unfairness and injustice themselves, I want you to have at the very least the same kind of energy and reaction to the other kinds of unfairness that you've experienced. At the very least, if not more so, because this is a human life that's at stake here. And one of the things that's a little bit embarrassing to me to even share as I'm on the journey with you guys is I'm seeing what's going on and I'm, I'm trying to pay attention. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to sift through all of the rhetoric and find out what's really going on in the lives of people. I was talking to a good buddy of mine, a brother, 20 years we've been friends and he's a man of color. He's African-American. He's a part of our church. I'm talking to him about this. How are you doing in the midst of all this? And he starts to share with me his journey and his experiences of injustice. And it was heartbreaking. I had no idea because of where I'm coming from. And how many years did it take for me to ask him that question? Shame on me. I think one of the things that we can do when we think about it is, is how do we actually do justice Maybe for some of us, we're a little bit paralyzed by the immensity of all the injustice in our world. And maybe for you and for others, for me too, it's just taking your next step. And maybe it's the, some of the things that you're already doing anyway, because you already do pay attention to injustice and unfairness in the lives around you. Maybe it's taking those same practices like when you see unfairness and you speak up or you go to listen to somebody that has experienced unfairness in your life and you find out what's really going on here. What are the issues that you're facing? And then suddenly we start to research a little bit more about what's going on. Why don't you take those same, that same kind of energy and focus that on other people that might be a little bit different than you? What would it look like for, for you 
to get a little bit uncomfortable and step out and start to listen, maybe to people that you normally don't listen to, or, or read authors that are of a different background than you, what could happen to open up your eyes to doing some justice by learning? Others, we know you're all in, you're already engaged, you're doing it, you're going after it, you're, you're active, you're, you're even protesting peacefully. You reflect building relationships that are diverse and, and create a sense of unity. I wanna encourage you, keep modeling, keep modeling. But I know this, that being in that place, you might get a little bit impatient with some of the others. You might get a little frustrated with the others that need to go ahead and get with the program. And maybe for you in the midst of doing justice and modeling, the challenge for you is to continue to encourage people and to continue to help them at their own pace join you. Others, we're seeing people get angry, but they're being destructive. See, whether people know God or not, they sense an injustice in the world and they cry out. But because they don't fully understand the source of justice and where that comes from, they'll just take justice into their own hands and do things their way. And the difference for God's people is that in our anger, the Bible says that we're called not to sin. You know, Pastor Tony Evans, African-American pastor, extremely influential, amazing man of God. I was listening to one of his um, Instagram podcasts and he talked about this. He said, righteous protest is actually biblical, but unrighteous protest is destructive. And so there's some people that are responding in a way that doesn't reflect the kind of justice that God warrants. So what do we do in the midst of all of this? Well, here's a couple ideas, and I certainly am on the journey too, but maybe it's host your neighbors over that are of a different background and just get to know them. For some of us, we've never done that before. Maybe it's get more intentional in, in learning the facts that are out there about what's going on in race relations in our country. Maybe for some of us, it's doing a lot of listening and asking questions. I have a, a call tomorrow with another friend of mine that I went to church planning training with years ago. And we've stayed connected through social media. He's out in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm really excited to talk with him for about an hour. And we're going to record the Zoom call, and actually we're going to share it with you when it's ready. And so what is, what is that for you? Maybe that's a conversation you can have with a longtime friend of yours, and maybe you've never asked them the question, how is everything going for you in light of all of this injustice that we see around us? Or maybe for some of you, it's to talk to your family, your immediate family to say, you know, we haven't really talked about these kind of things before. And, and we want to talk about how God created everybody in his image. And, and we're responsible to actually care about inequalities that are going on in our world and start to talk to them about that, how that expresses itself, maybe in a school situation or something like that. These are all just ideas and ways to start to engage in doing justice. But the point is this, is that justice matters and God wants us to be engaged in it. This is what Micah is saying is the first thing that we can do. The second thing we can do is that God wants us to love kindness. God wants us to love kindness. I'll read Micah 6, 8 again. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, when you read the word um, mercy, it's translated from the Hebrew word hased. 
And in the Old Testament, the word is closely associated with God's loving kindness. It's a steadfastness. It's always there. It's present. It's working on your behalf. And a lot of us, when we think about this word, we think, okay, this means I have to have feelings. No, quite oftentimes it has to do with action first and sometimes feelings follow. But I've read stories inside our church on social media. I've heard stories as I've talked to people inside of our church. I've read things outside of our church about how powerful it is when we have experienced injustices, how powerful it is when we experience kindness. When we experience kindness after experiencing injustice, it is a powerful way of offsetting some of the pain that we've gone through. It doesn't resolve everything. It doesn't dismiss it. It just simply says, oh my gosh, I needed that. I read a story recently about a man named John. He's from Paradise, California, and he was diagnosed with a progressive degenerative disease. And he found out that he had muscular dystrophy, which was a genetic, progressive, and cruel disorder in his body. And when he was diagnosed, he was very young. And in the midst of that, he was told that every muscle in his body was going to be destroyed, and he would die literally about a decade later. And so every single year, John would lose something. He he lost his ability to run. He lost his ability to, to use the mouse on his computer. And junior high, can you imagine? Junior high was horrible. Junior high is horrible for anybody anyway. But junior high was even worse for him because of his particular disease that he had. And so he was bullied. He was humiliated. He was afraid to go to school. No one would ever stand up for him because they were afraid themselves of what would happen if they did. And yet there were other times when people showed incredible kindness to him. And when he was really young, he was invited to become kind of like the ambassador for his particular disease. And so he was invited to go to uh, Sacramento to meet the governor This was many years ago. And in the midst of it, the governor said, well, here's some candy, my friend. And as he handed him the candy, he said, oh, and by the way, I'm the governor. You have to do what I say. And so, of course, John looked at his mom. He says, okay, yeah, go ahead. So he grabbed some candy. In the midst of that, afterwards, he was invited to go to an NFL auction to actually help raise money to support all of this. And in the midst of that, John got to meet all of these NFL players and uh, he got to hold Super Bowl rings and, and meet these people. And in the midst of all of that, there was an auction for a basketball. And at this particular time, I guess, probably a while back, uh, the Sacramento Kings were fantastic. And so all of the players from the Sacramento Kings had signed this basketball. And in the midst of this, John was really excited as the auction started. And he actually rose his hand at one point to actually bid on this ball. And of course, his mom was like, no, no, I don't think so. And flagged it down and said, no, 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 you're not going to do that. But suddenly, this ball became really popular. Everyone started bidding on it. In fact, the bidding kept going and going. It became like the treasure of the night until finally... Somebody won. And the man got up, grabbed his incredible prize that he put a lot of money to get. And instead of walking back to his seat, he walked over to John. And he handed the ball to John. And John was just overwhelmed. John, with his thin, distressed arms, 
John, who would never be able to dribble this basketball down the court. John, who would never be able to shoot a three-point shot with this ball. The whole room was undone. This act of kindness in this moment was so powerful. Friends, family, what kind of loving kindness can you do even this week from small to large? I need to time out. Sorry. Battery. I'm so sorry. No, not battery. Battery's actually fine, surprisingly. We hear all pauses too. I'm, I'm almost done. Yes. Yeah, we can only record like 28 to 30 minutes at a time. So we're at like 28 seconds and five. 28 minutes, five seconds. Oh my gosh. That's... Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to pick it up right when you finish yep. the story, if yep. that's okay. So sorry about that. I like realized right like right after we started, I was like, oh no, I forgot to tell him we have to stop at some point. Okay. So but I tried to find a good point. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. So is it okay to just unpack the post story or do I, you want me to end the story? Um, yeah. If you want to go ahead and end the story and then you were about to unpack it, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, if you could just end the story and then start to unpack it, that would that would be awesome. Okay. Just so you can that we are rolling. I'm so sorry about that. That's all right. That's okay. So John received this incredible gift. He would never be able to take that ball and dribble down the court with it. He would never be able to shoot a a three-pointer with this. And the whole room was overwhelmed. They were undone. Because such an act of kindness in the face of such adversity, it was powerful. What does it look like for us to demonstrate that kind of kindness to people that are experiencing injustice, unfairness. Why do we love kindness? Why do we need kindness? Why do we long for kindness? Why do we melt at stories like that? It's because that's the kind of kindness that God shows towards us. That's the kind of kindness that God shows to us through his son, Jesus, who takes the justice that we deserve on himself because he knows that the only way that his broken and fallen creation can be forgiven of its sin and given the power to start to be transformed is through a divine intervention of kindness from Jesus. Friends, we have so many resources. We have so much time. We have so much available to us. Have you bought a basketball lately? Have you found opportunities around you to just show a little bit of kindness or even a large amount of kindness to somebody who maybe wouldn't expect it or doesn't really even know you that well? Lastly, God wants us to walk humbly with him. God wants us to walk humbly with him. Micah 6, 8, again, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? 
And I think about Micah, this prophet, and it's hard being a prophet. And you're calling out how the world is supposed to be. And I can imagine in the midst of calling out how the world is supposed to be, you know what can kind of creep in if we're not walking humbly with God? Pride. Self-righteousness. Arrogance. We can start feeling like we are the answer when ultimately God is the answer. It's God working through his people. It's God who's the one who can change hearts. See, there's a lot of dialogue about fixing systems or systemic problems or whatever, and those very well might be legitimate. Some of those things might not be legitimate. Either way, the structures that are in place that are keeping people oppressed or there's unfairness, it doesn't matter if those things are fixed without fixing the human heart because they're the ones that create the structures. And so this is one of the things that's really powerful for us to walk away with is that in our journey with God, he wants us to walk with humility with him. C.S. Lewis wrote, anger is the fluid that love bleeds when it gets cut. And God's anger is fierce when it comes to injustice that he sees. But he acts in love. And so how can we balance this sense of, I gotta do something about that with, I've gotta make sure that I'm connected to God in the midst of it and know that ultimately what has to happen is my heart has to be in the right place. I've gotta respond to these situations in love. And if, if not, Something else is, is going to motivate me, and it's going to do probably more harm than good. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so for maybe for some of us today, the next step for us is this, is that We've got the other two things kind of dialed in, but maybe we need to kind of confess some things. Maybe we need to allow God to search our hearts through prayer and say, God, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've been, pretty, I've been pretty fired up about this and I haven't been very loving. Or some of us might be admitting, God, I have been totally apathetic to this. I have done nothing. I have been complacent. I am unaware. I haven't been engaged. I need just to confess that to you, God. Wherever you're at on that journey, God wants us to walk humbly with him because he's the one that's going to transform hearts and lives. He's just is going to use us to be a part of that. I know you guys, this is a huge topic. I, I know this is just one step, but justice really matters because all people matter to God. If I had to sum everything up, that's it. Justice matters because all people matter to God. And so I'm just inviting you to join me on the journey. I'm with you. Will you choose to listen to God and, and join him to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly on behalf of our neighbors of all different colors, all different backgrounds? Will you go on the journey with us? Mission Life, can you just imagine what would happen if we took a stand together against some of the injustices that we see around us? We cannot do it all, but we can do our part the areas of influence that we have. 
And at the end of, of Micah, Micah chapter 7, verse 16 and 19, it's this powerful picture of what it will look like if a community actually starts to live this out. Notice what he says in Micah 7, verse 16. Nations will see and be ashamed. In other words, they're going to be humbled by what they see. They're going to come trembling out of their dens. They're going to turn in fear to the Lord our God. That's a healthy fear. That's a worshipful fear. That's a, oh my gosh, who is this God that's amazing? Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression? You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all of our iniquities into the depths of the sea. In other words, who is this God that is so just and yet kind and merciful? God's gonna be demonstrating it through you and through me as a community together. Let's do this. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much that you are so kind, that you meet us in our place of brokenness and you step in when we place our faith in you, Jesus, to start to change our hearts from the inside out. You start to make us new. Even though our, our, our brokenness is because of the sin in this world, you start to remake us. You start to conform us into the image of Christ. We become more like you little by little by little. And it's all because of our obedience to you and the grace that you have towards us. And so God, would you help us in this journey? We wanna be a people that stand for justice. We wanna be people of loving kindness. We wanna be people who humbly walk with God. Would you help us in that journey? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That was great. Yeah. Let me...